Obviously, we're talking about the Christmas story today. Uh, it's recorded in uh, both the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, first two chapters of both of those uh, Gospels. And, uh, you know, one, one of the, uh, the fears that I think that we have as leadership, as pastors have in, uh, in the church, is that we become so familiar with, uh, with the Bible and, and stories like the birth of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, that sometimes uh, things get added um, you know, I remember uh, being in a Christmas pageant as a young uh, boy in school, and of course I was a shepherd, and uh, you know, shepherds had to wear those burlap bags, and uh, oh man, I, I didn't like shepherds even then, uh, but it's amazing that God brought forth this uh, word to the, uh, the shepherds to begin with, but you know, there's, uh, there, there's a, a phrase in there, and we, we have a lot of music about it, there are songs about it about how the, the angels sang. And, uh, you know, that's not really recorded in the Word. There is a, a declaration in the Word about angels singing, but it comes from the book of Job. And um, let me just read a couple of verses for you. Um, this is in King James, and so I'm just going to kind of break it down so we don't have to do the King James thing this morning. But uh, God's talking to Job, and he says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare it if you have understanding. Who has measured, uh, and who knows, who has stretched a line upon it? Um, how are the foundations fastened? Who laid the cornerstone? And then he says, When the morning stars sang together, and the sons of God shouted for joy. And so there's a reference here to angels singing during the entire time that God's creating. I mean, God's here just uh, creating the heavens and the earth and the universe. And, and the, the angels are just, you know, just uh, with this resounding joy, uh, declaring and singing about the greatness of God. So... Uh, I hope to this morning that uh, we would, uh, you know, just take a, a fresh new look at the Christmas story. And I want to pick up in Luke's gospel. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, notice in the beginning, the first time it's singular, an angel appeared. We look through the word, and almost every time when we see an angel appearing to someone, I mean, they are absolutely terrified on their face. And uh, we see just a, a little bit of God's grace in this, you know, bringing one angel first, and then you have this whole heavenly host of angels uh, glorifying, praising God. Um, that word is uh, uh, the host. It's a military term. It means strategy. It actually means the army of God. The army of God is there on that day proclaiming glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, earth goodwill toward men. Um, and so we see here that uh, as the angels appear, they're praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And it was, uh, and all who heard it were amazed at what things the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they were told. Just as they were told, exactly. It came to pass exactly as they had been told by the angel. They go and see it. And I like this part right here where it says the shepherds returned. Um, there's something about that. You know, that, that word appears returned in the New Testament about 36 times. And about 10 of those, or, or 26 of those times, um, are written in either the Gospel of Luke or the book of Acts, written by Luke. And the implication in each one of those times is that they returned differently than the way that they came in. They came in one way, you know, full of amazement and, and just excitement and what's this going to be like. But it says that they returned praising and glorifying God. Now, I just want to use that word for a moment that as we enter into this new year, I'm hoping that we will enter into the new year different than the way that we have gone into it. Uh, I'm hoping that we will return into the new year a different way. And not that there's anything wrong with us right now. There may be absolutely nothing wrong with any of us. But I suspect that we all want to see our lives in a, um, a greater level of uh, worship and knowing God, understanding God, just things in our life that we want to see change. Perhaps there's something that you've been dealing with or struggling with, and you just want to see that change. You want to be different in 2013 than you were in 2012. And, you know, we all enter that year, just typically every year we'll enter in making resolutions and, you know, making promises to ourselves that we hope that we can keep, and usually we don't. Um, but my prayer for you this morning is that, you know, that you would hear something here today, that God's Holy Spirit would quicken something within you that would, you would want to focus on, that maybe you see something in yourself that you just want to change this about yourself. Um, and, and I'm praying that God would give you the strength and the ability to do that. As we look at, I just want to break this down. There are six times in these uh, two chapters of Matthew and the two chapters of, uh, of Luke, there are six different times when it says, and an angel appeared. And I want to look at three of those this morning. The first one I want to look at is when the angel appears to Zechariah. And we pick up, uh, the angel appears to Zechariah and speaks the unimaginable. Um, I looked that up this morning, and it means the mind-boggling, beyond our wildest dreams. And let's look at Luke 1. It says, and then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah. You guys know the story. He was a priest, and he was performing his priestly duties. He was in the temple. And uh, as he's there, he's an old man, and he... Uh, you know, is uh, married to an old woman, and they are both beyond those childbearing, uh, the childbearing age. It says, and the angel appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense, and when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. 
And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Your, her, your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. And go, we read on down to verse 18, and Zechariah asked the angel, how, how can I be assured of this? How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Now, I want to look at this from two different perspectives this morning. One is... This, I, I think there's, uh, you know, kind of a twofold significant, uh, significance in uh, this statement. Number one, he is, uh, you know, he, he gets this message about they have been praying for a son and, and pretty much they've, they've given up on it. This angel appears to him and says that your prayer is going to be answered. And, you know, from one uh, perspective, you know, this son that's going to be born to um, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they've just been praying for a son. Nothing special. They just want a son. You know, God, just give us a son. We just want a son. But beyond their wildest dreams, they get a son that is the forerunner and the one that will announce the Messiah's coming. And notice God's timing in this. I mean, you know, uh, 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 John the Baptist is born uh, he is born, uh, he's six months older than uh, Jesus, and, uh, you know, the timing, everything is just so, you know, critical with God, and it's all about timing. You know, God says, okay, I'm going to answer your prayers, but I'm going to give you more and beyond what you ask for. I'm not just going to give you a son, I'm going to give you a son that will announce and proclaim the coming of the Messiah. And remember what Jesus said about John the Baptist of those born among uh, women, there is none greater. There's none greater than John the Baptist. He had the privilege of introducing the Messiah. And then on the other side of this, not only that, uh, you know, were their dreams fulfilled, they have a son, but they have not just a son, not just any, any kid, they have a son that announces the, the coming of the Messiah. But then on the other side of that, and I think that this may be where some of us are today, I want you to think about this. They were Zacharias and Elizabeth. We read about them. The Bible says that they were righteous people, that they were just people. Now, can you imagine in their old age um, thoughts that they might have had? You know, here's Zachariah. He's a faithful priest. And here's Elizabeth, you know, his wife, that she's a godly woman. Do you think that the thought may have ever occurred to them you know, have we done something wrong? Are we under a curse? I mean, why is it that we can pray to God and not get an answer? Why can't we have a child? I mean, is God disappointed in us? Is he not pleased with us? You think that thought ever occurred to them? I mean, seriously, come on, help me out here this morning. You think that ever happened to them? You think that thought was ever there? Sure it was. You bet it was there. And, uh, you know, so they're going through life, faithfully honoring God and serving God, and yet, God, where is the answer to my prayer? You know, what's going on? God, is there something, you know, wrong here? And then, you know, during that time and during that culture, this is not God's attitude, but man's attitude is that, you know, maybe there's a curse in their life. You know, children are, um, the Bible says, a blessing from God. And so, uh, and in some of those cultures, it was okay for a man to divorce his wife 
if she uh, couldn't bear a child. And so, you know, do you think that Elizabeth had this feeling? In fact, we know she did because when she's praying, when she finds out that she's pregnant, she says that God has removed her disgrace. And so in some parts of society, it was looked, she, was, she would be looked down upon because she couldn't bear a child. And then all of a sudden, you know, God shows up and the unimaginable in their life, in her very old age, the unimaginable happens. She finds out that she's pregnant. Well, I say that for us this morning because maybe you have been waiting on God for something in your life. Maybe you've hoped for something. Maybe you've dreamed for something. And it just hasn't happened. And I just want to encourage you not to give up, not to lose faith and not to lose hope that just like them, maybe it's in God's timing that whatever your hope or whatever your dream is uh, will come to pass. The next thing that I want to look at is, um, well, I want us to look, I want us to go back to that statement where the angels declare to the shepherds. And they said to them, to you today, a Savior. To you today, a Savior. Now, I want you to, to know that I, I don't think, and, and sometimes we, we can get lost in this because we think, well, that was just a message to the shepherds. Um, but I want to just tell you that I believe that the angels are still speaking that same word today. To you, today, a Savior. Would you look at your neighbor and say that, please? Just look at your neighbor and say, To you, today, a Savior. Got to help me preach it. To you, today, a Savior. And then all of a sudden, the unimaginable happens to Zechariah. Um, in Luke chapter 1, um, and we'll pick up in verse 26. The angel appears to Mary. Well, let me just back up a second. Uh, I, missed, I missed Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. So we see uh, John the Baptist or Zechariah and Elizabeth praying, asking for a son. But they get more than a son. Now, notice what the scripture says. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says that God is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. He does everything by his power that is working in us. Far more. I mean, God, you're asking for something, and God is saying, I'm going to give you more than you're even asking. Another example of that would be in 1 Kings chapter 3. When God told Solomon, he said, ask for anything. Ask for anything that you want. And Solomon says, you know, Lord, I just need wisdom. I want you to give me wisdom so I can rule and guide and direct these people. Now, notice what God says. It says, moreover, this is chapter 3, verse 13, God speaking to Solomon. I will give you what you didn't ask for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Notice the heart of God. Sometimes we have this tendency to think that, you know, the God of the Old Testament is a grump and he's, you know, just a, you know, overbearing and, you know, he's mean and he's angry all the time. And just notice the heart of God when he's talking to Solomon. When Solomon asks for something, I want you to just keep this in mind. You know, when you ask for something, He's saying, you know what, I can give you so much more 
so much more than you could ever ask for or imagine. Or the word of God to Solomon, I will give you what you haven't asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal. And then we see this uh, second uh, occurrence where the angel appears. The angel appears to Mary, and we know uh, both in the first and the second uh, angel appearance to Zechariah and to Mary, we know the angel's name, and it was Gabriel. Uh, but we see with Mary the impossible. The impossible happens. I looked that up, the, the ridiculous, unreasonable, because it's just so hard to believe that it could possibly be true. And the angel tells her that she is going to have a child. And she's saying, I mean, this is just impossible. It's impossible. How can this happen? I, I've never known a man. How can this happen? You know that uh, uh, even in, in Christians today, you know, Christians can believe in the, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. They can believe in the, uh, the, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But even Christians have a hard time believing in the virgin birth. I mean, it's just like, you know, so far beyond us. To, it's just out of, our, you know, out of our realm of belief. It's just like, how can this possibly happen? In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. You know, the, um, the form of that word uh, only appears one other time. It appears in Ephesians chapter 1 when God begins to speak about the favor that we have as believers in Christ Jesus. So not only was Mary favored, but in Christ Jesus, you and I have favor as well. It says, Greetings to you who were highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be af afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The impossible, the ridiculous, the unreasonable, hard to believe that it's even true. You know, maybe some of you are in a place like that right now, uh, where you are facing the impossible in a relationship or a marriage or a job or in your finances. I mean, you find yourself in an impossible situation. I want to tell you that the answer today is the same as it was 2,000 years ago. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to move forward, but the answer is still the same. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will lead you and guide you and direct you. And some of us need that right now. I just want us to pray. I want you to pray with me. I want to make a proclamation and a declaration, a prayer, that where, where you're stuck right now, that God would give you an answer. Will you pray with me? Say, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus. I need help. I'm facing the impossible. I ask you, Lord, in the name of your son, Jesus, 
that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon me and break forth in my life. Lord, that you would lead me and guide me and direct me in the way that I should go. For the glory of your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's just give him a praise offering. All right. So she wants to know how it's going to happen. Uh, the, it's impossible. She's facing the situation. The angel says the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her. And then he begins to remind her, as he will you and I, as we face these impossible situations, he takes her to the Word. And he says, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, I'm sure these, these scriptures, these are very common scriptures to a Jew during that time period. I mean, they knew that the scripture says that a virgin was going to be born or, or a virgin would have a child. This was familiar in their minds. Now, I know today that sometimes you and I just get way out on a limb and we nail down a scripture and we start praying it and we're saying, you know, this is going to be my scripture. I'm believing this scripture for me. But I don't think that Mary said, just got out Isaiah chapter 7 and says a virgin's going to have a, a child and I'm claiming that for me. I'm claiming that I'm going to be that virgin that's going to have that child. I don't think that she was doing that. But I do believe that when God spoke to her, when the angel spoke, to her, I believe there was a quickening in her spirit that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, reminds us of Scripture, and I believe that the Holy Spirit reminded her of the Scripture that, hey, it's written in the Word. How can this be? I just don't believe it. And I believe that the Lord took her to this place in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that, an, that a virgin will conceive and bear a child, and we will call his name Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isn't God good? I mean, this is such a good message for us today. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, I was talking about children this morning and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And you know what they call a person that has great-grandchildren, don't you? Old, yeah. Uh, I don't have great-grandchildren. So... Uh, but I was thinking about uh, this story about the little granddaughter uh, that was sitting on her grandfather's lap, and she would reach up and kind of touch him on the cheek, and she would feel the wrinkles and feel the stubble. And then she'd put her hand on her cheek and kind of feel her cheek and back to his cheek and, you know, the stubble and back to her cheek. And she said, Grandpa, she said, uh, did God make you? And she, he said, yes. Yes, uh, honey, God made me a long, long time ago. And uh, she feels her cheek, and she says, oh, Grandpa, well, then did God make me? And he said, yes, hon, God made you not too long ago. And she thought for a second, and she said, he's getting better, isn't he? <laughs> All right, we talked about, uh, and, and I want this... Um, kind of this theme that as we, as the shepherds returned, they returned a different way. Uh, we also see this with the Magi as they come to King Herod, they say, where is he that is born King of the Jews? And uh, 
Herod gets the religious leaders. They say that he's going to be, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. And uh, so Herod sends them the Magi and says, when you find out where the child is, let me know uh, so that I too can go worship him. Um, The Magi go and they find Jesus. And uh, I love what it says. Uh, It says that they, as they enter into the house, they fall down and they worship him. Uh, And then it says, being warned in a dream, they returned a different way. They didn't go back to Herod and tell him uh, where the child was born. They returned a different way. The shepherds returned a different way, singing, shouting, praising God. Again, I want us to enter into this new year and return a different way into this new year. All right, I'm, I mentioned that there were uh, six uh, examples of angels' appearance uh, in the New Testament. I'm going to, I could do all six of them, and I know that some of you are afraid that I will, uh, but I'm down to the last one right here. The angel appeared to Joseph and speaks the unbelievable. Too too unrealistic or improbable to believe. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill What the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin shall be with child and give birth to the son, to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you're facing the unmanageable, the impossible, or the unbelievable this morning, I just want to share one other scripture with you. And then if our worship team could come back and we'll close in song. Everything is possible for those who believe. You remember the, uh, the story here where a man takes his son to Jesus, uh, to Jesus's disciples and, uh, they are having trouble uh, delivering a demon from this man. And Jesus says that all things are possible to those that believe. And immediately the boy's father said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And maybe some of you are here today and you are just struggling. And I just want to, you know, just assure you that it's okay I mean, you know, all of us struggle from time to time in our walk with God. Um, And and sometimes we're faced with things that it's just like almost impossible for us to believe. 
Is God going to show up? Is God going to do something? Is God concerned? Does God know? Where are you, God? When and how and where? You know, will I ever get beyond this? I know that some of you are dealing with, uh, you know, hurt today. Uh, as you look back in your life, you know, uh, the, the rubble, the, the debris uh, in your life, you know, it's just like, you know, God, I, I can't even believe that I'm here today. I can't even believe I made it to this place today. Uh, I want to just assure you that God does know and God is concerned. And just like Elizabeth and um, Zechariah, you know, maybe it's just timing. I just want to encourage you that maybe, you know, the timing is not quite right. Or maybe you're facing the impossible this morning. You know, you just don't see how it could happen. I was like Mary. I mean, how in the world can this happen? Uh, but, you know, the angel assures her that it's possible because God is greater than you and God is greater than any problem that you may face this morning. Well, just please stand with me for a moment. I want to pray. Um, we're going to do your opening song, okay, that chorus. Uh, is that okay? <laughs> Father, as we think about the unimaginable this morning, the impossible, Lord, as we think about just the great obstacles, the mountains that are before us, Lord, I'm reminded of the word of, uh, in the book of Zechariah where the question is, what's going to make this mountain go away, this mountain that's before me? I'm reminded of what Jesus said about, if you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and believe that it will be done for us. Lord, I, I just want to pray on behalf of some of these folks that are here this morning, the mountain that's uh, standing before them. And just uh, those of you just agree with me that, that God would take these mountains and cast them into the sea. We just ask this. Lord, let's just, uh, the Bible says where two or more are gathered and agree in prayer. And I'm asking you to agree for brothers and sisters that are facing impossible situations that God would pick up those mountains and, and cast them into the sea. And in the book of Zechariah, it says, how is this mountain going to be moved? And, and the word of the Lord came and says, uh, speak grace. And Lord, we speak grace to these uh, mountains, Lord God. We speak grace to these impossible situations, Lord. Father, we, uh, we, we just ask for your grace and your peace to just overshadow every heart that's in this place this morning. Lord, that you would give us that peace that only your son Jesus could bring, the peace that passes all understanding, Father. So, Lord, we say, Holy Spirit, just fall upon us today. Fall upon us in this place today, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us, Lord. And the Father, that you would give us an increased measure of your Holy Spirit as we enter into this new year so that we can enter into the new year differently than the way that we came into it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.